welcome to the next Escape Podcast with your host, Kiara. And Calvin. So today we're going to be talking about 2020. Woo, what a great year it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm sure Man. everyone can agree that that might have been the best year of their yeah, life. We, we peaked. Yeah, hard. I, yeah, I peaked hard. so hard that like I probably should just quit while I'm ahead, you know. Um, but anyway, so we just wanted to go over like the things that we did during COVID. Um, it was a fun year. It was, it was a busy year for next gen, but man, was it a sad year. Yeah. And I will say busy in terms of Calvin and I were very busy trying to make things, not busy in terms of like, we're getting oh, a like ton we're of doing customers. Good. No, no. I would <laughs> argue that we were probably doing the inverse of good, yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. So... I mean, we can start off with, you know, um, in that March, February kind of season, uh, it was really weird because I had just been awarded, like, I think two or three weeks before everything shut down, I had just been awarded the Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur of the Year. Year Award So it was really from the Fresno Chamber of Commerce. Like, we were riding this high. Yeah. I think a week after that, the King's Keep released. Yeah. And it had just come out and people were starting to play it. It was exciting to have people, you know, see what we've been working on for six months, like, actually come to fruition. If we would have taken that as an omen, we would have been like, oh, okay, this is going to be an amazing year. Like, it's starting off incredibly well. How could things go wrong? Exactly. And then two weeks later, the world stopped. Yeah. Everything just kind of was left in the air. Yeah. And I remember being pretty spooked. I didn't know what was going on. I know that our friend um, got, like flour and he was like he got like 10 pounds of just raw flour and he was like i'm gonna get into bread baking because the world's gonna end or something i'm oh, like what? yeah huh everyone what are you doing that before what huh <laughs> and i remember stocking up on a lot of wine that night well we <laughs> we stocked up on a lot of like spaghetti and stuff like that too because we were we yeah. were a little no we didn't know too. we didn't know you know get two weeks worth of food in your pantry just in case you know whatever yeah. happens so yeah. that that happened and I think, like, it was kind of an interesting moment because when we first got shut down, we closed down earlier than I think most other businesses, We co only by a few days, but we still closed yeah. down, like, preemptively. Because we thought that it would be the right thing to do. Yeah, if anybody getting sick for just an escape room, I think it is just, like, absurd. absurd. Like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, take your health into your own hands and make sure that, that your you know, your, your own steward, but it's not worth it for an escape room. So we didn't know, I mean, at the time we had no information on the virus. So we, we closed down and we took like a four week sabbatical, Yeah, because which was like, a first. Yeah. And, and I think it was mostly just because we were really worried and, and like, we were so worried that we were worried, basically stressed. like paralyzed into doing nothing, you know, like when you're yeah. so stressed about doing something that you end up doing nothing, that's pretty much what happened. And like we couldn't do anything too, so. Um. And it was it was interesting because we got keys on uh, April Fools of 2019, and then from April 1st until that fateful week, we had been working like nonstop. Yeah. Every week, every day was for the business, for it to grow, for it to you know do well, yeah. to make kings keep all that sort of we stuff. We used to go to like the coast like once a year and that was like when that stopped. Like we didn't do that that yeah, year. Yeah, we so, couldn't so do that. It, I will say it did suck like the circumstances in which we took this like incredibly long vacation. Um, but 
I mean, it was nice to not have to work, I guess. I mean, I, I remember that, like, I think the first two weeks, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And then the second two weeks, I was like, okay, I'm getting pretty and done. And it was also, like, panic mode, too, because yeah. it's, it's like you couldn't enjoy it because you thought that everything that we worked for, all the dreams that we had were just being flushed down the being toilet. literally ripped and, away day by day. And I remember that that was something that you had talked to me about, like, way back before we had ever gotten funded. You said, like, you know, we're in the entertainment industry. This is something that... You know, if, if there's a recession or if there's anything, any problems with money, we're going to be the first businesses to close down because, you know, like people aren't going to spend money on entertainment if they can't put food on the table. It's a luxury. It's not yeah. bread. So we were, you know, really worried about that. Um, and so, yeah, we, you know, two weeks took off. The next two weeks kind of were just like sadly taking off because we legitimately didn't know what to do. Um and, and then we got to the point where we were just, I was so bored. I think neither one of us yeah. wanted to, you know, do BS. We like wanted to do something. Yeah. And I also think that one of us, I can't remember who, but I think we definitely had some sort of rousing speech of like, we're not going to just sit down and let our dreams go away. Like go we got to fight for them, the months, you know, yeah. like we're going to fight for it and we're going to do everything that we can that is within our control. Um, and so we looked at the document that said what businesses had to be closed down and we noticed that uh, an essential business was uh, in one part defined as a business that delivers um, a service directly to homes. Goods, services, or products, groceries, I think, to directly to, excuse me, directly to residents at home. Yeah. And um, so we we're like, okay, so how can we take an escape room to people's homes while being safe um, and all that good stuff. So, like, the initial thoughts was like, okay, well, let's just take all the puzzles from Clancy's Lodge, put it in a box, I think, and then, like, set it up at their home. So I kept saying that, you know, this thing is only going to last, like, a month. You know, like, it's going to be, you know, Well, one originally month. we thought it was going to be two weeks. That's yeah. why we did the initial two <laughs> weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why we ended up taking the time off, is we didn't think it would last very long. So, um, when you said put up Clancy's Lodge in a box and take it to their homes, I was like, okay, that's going to be so much work when we reopen in a month because, you know, we didn't think it would last that long. No idea how long it would last. Yeah. And, um, so then, I, then we kind of decided that we needed to make a unique experience, something that we hadn't done before. Um, we couldn't use the rooms that we already have because obviously when we reopen, we want it to be nice and easy. Um, and I think we also just wanted to do something new. Like we yeah. had the rooms that we had, but... Like, what if we made something brand new for this median of, of taking an escape room to your home, and what would that look like? Yeah. And I remember we got really scrappy, and, like, we, I, mean, I think that it could probably be its own episode on, like, how scrappy we got, but we made the first box, uh, the first, what we called the escape crates, which was Left for Dead, and, like, that was the first thing that we had, and, you know, from that point on, like, I think... You know, almost every night, every few nights a week, we would be driving around town, dropping this box off, picking it up, and people were having yeah. fun with it, you know? Because we were doing, we were so desperate that we were doing free delivery to homes in Fresno and Columbus, yeah. so long We were like, we, whatever it is, know, it's, it was game. 60 bucks, which was the same price for two people at an escape room itself. So if you had more than two people, it was a bargain, uh, especially because it had free delivery. Yeah. And we went to, like, I think almost every corner of Fresno and Clovis. Like, we went 
to the North Fresno Bluffs. We went to the airport. We went to the river. We went to Madeira. Ugh. Uh, we went everywhere. <laughs> uh, if I can't throw shade in Madeira. Madeira. Oh, everything oh, against Madeira. Oh, my God. All right. Everything. All right. Calvin's taking a stance against Madeira. That one's for my friend Madeira. Josiah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so we made that crate, and it was honestly a pretty. I'd say it was a success. Obviously, um, I always like to say that it didn't, you know, it wasn't our bread and butter. It wasn't making us break even by any means, but it was definitely giving us it a band aid. It paid for itself. It gave the business a band aid, and I think really, Kia, the most important thing was that it gave us something to do. Yeah, I totally see that. It definitely gave us, like, something to focus on, and it definitely just got us out of our room and yeah. out of that, like, state of the world is ending, so that, that was It was really good to important. be focusing more on the positive. I think, like, from there on, it just kind of, like, built up momentum for what we were doing because we did Left for Dead, and then almost, like, right after that, we started work on the murder crate, yeah, which was our serial killer themed box. And Calvin and I always like we never wanted to do a murder themed room because we didn't really feel inspired by it that much. But we knew that a lot of people like true crime, so we were like, oh, if we turn it into a box, this will be like the perfect medium for that because we're not having to dump, you know, hours of our time make an entire room just yeah. for some true crime drama. Yeah. You know? Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It was just the genre that we yeah. never really had interest in. Yeah. But we knew that people would like it. Um, so we made an earnest effort to making like a scary horror-themed box that you could get delivered. Yeah. Um, and we, we did that. And then I think from that point, I kind of realized, well, hey, we were taking the boxes out to people. What if, what if there's a way? And I was, I was seeing it on the, like Facebook, on the Facebook groups for the owners and whatnot. Of people doing virtual escapes. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the pandemic. And we were a few months, I think, in at that point. And when you told me about virtual escapes, I remember thinking like, oh, that's going to cost way too much for us to convert our rooms to virtual experiences. Little did I know that it was all through Zoom. And yeah. a lot of it is like not not much has to be like... Uh, Changed or yeah. altered. Yeah, like really. we, I think we had to remove some uh, story elements from like Clancy's Just because Lodge. it would take too much time for our avatar game master to read to them, yeah. you know. But it was so straightforward. I mean, we, we got a, uh, we slapped a, a, a headlight, a headlamp onto the game master. We gave them a smartphone with Zoom and said, go for it. Just, you know, whatever yeah. they tell you to do, do it, you know. Go look at that lock over there. Go go try to put this code in. Or, hey, what does that skull over there have written on it? Or whatever, yeah. you know? And I think um, the really cool thing about the virtual escapes is the fact that we were bringing little old next-gen escape in Fresno, California to people as far away as Germany. Like Germany, that's just so New York cool City, Atlanta, Georgia, I think Texas, New Mexico. It was insane how many yeah. different parts of the world we got even to play got, Did we get someone from New Zealand? I feel like that sounds right, but maybe I'm wrong. I think we had one player from New Zealand. Yeah. I don't think an entire group. I think yeah. it was like a family member. Oh, okay, okay. Or something, yeah. But anyway, it was just so cool that our games were being played, you know, from people all over the world. Literally all over the world. Like, that's <laughs> that was insane. That was a crazy little yeah. idea yeah, that, that we had. Yeah, my favorite part of the virtual escapes. And um, I think right about that time, you and I kind of... Uh, kind of broke down like what we'd want from next gen or like what would next gen 
benefit most when we reopen? Like what skills could Kiara and Calvin learn now mm. for that way when we reopen, we can be, you know, even better than when we first closed down. Yeah. And so I remember I started to focus a lot more on marketing and you can actually go back to like our Facebook and whatnot and see that like right about this time is when like we start to be more and more active and we start to create new challenges. I think that's when maybe around the time we started Severe, the Central Valley Escape Room Enthusiast Group mm -hmm. on Facebook, um, we wanted to do different things. And you uh, took a big leap. Into electronics, which was a lot of fun. Um, I definitely like needed some training wheels in the very beginning, but I think it gave me the confidence that I need to be able to make an entire game on my own, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, cause after that we made dead man's chest. Yeah. So we right? made dead man's chest and, and I that's was like our the most one... high tech yeah. box and everybody thinks it's so wicked cool. Yeah. It's, it's a box. It's a pirate chest. You plug it in the wall and it has sounds, lighting effects, everything. Yeah. And you, you did it like all. Yeah, I did do all. I did do most of it. I will say though, at the very end, I did, like I said, need my training wheels, and we called in our, our friend Freddie. Yeah, Freddie had to come and put out some fires, but yeah. you caused the fires, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah, it's so cool that I was even able to, it, like, contribute to that. I had, yeah. like, I had never seen myself being good at electronics or computers or anything like that. So the fact that I was able to you know, make a piano puzzle where you play different notes and they make different sounds. It was just really cool to see it all come together. And I think it gave me the confidence that I needed uh, for the next thing that we did during the pandemic, which was the outdoor escape. Fresno's first, I think only, outdoor escape room. Yeah. That was, I remember that was a point of contention, I believe. I don't think that you wanted to do that. Not trying to throw shade. No, I mean, I kind of, like, it's so weird when we It's talk hard about to the think past. of it being good. I feel like you didn't want it, though. Like, I don't know why. I feel like I had to convince you, but maybe we're both remembering it wrong. Like... Maybe um, we were both on board. It was <laughs> it was just the circumstances of how we said it. Yeah. I don't know. But I, that, was, that was interesting, because I think that that one was the most ambiguous as to what it would be. Because I think that we have a clear vision for almost every project that we, we take on. We almost know what the end result will look like before we get started. Mm -hmm. For like the crates, we made Left for Dead, and that was kind of like the operating schema of like, this is what a escape crate would look like. This mm -hmm. is how long it works. This is what it does and whatnot. And that's kind of the foundation that we built the murder crate and the dead man's chest on. But for the outdoor escape room, we didn't have that foundation of knowing like what what do you need in it and we had some crazy ideas i think going into it at first it, it was a lot different in conception than in implementation i think yeah yeah and and it just i mean i will say i think it did end up looking good i think it was oh it came out game. awesome the only problem was in my opinion is that i think we made this game for enthusiasts and first timers were playing it which it was is, almost all first timers. yeah which yeah. is so surprising to me because i thought like you know we're in a pandemic the only people who are going to be playing right now are people who are already aware of our industry um but yeah we were getting first timers and so it was like pretty challenging for them um, but it was still really cool that we were able to do it. I will say the worst thing about it, though, was it took 30 minutes to set up. Um, and it was like an additional 15 or 20 to take down. Yeah. we, we And would, we had many, many nights of just one booking. Yeah. There well, was one night. Mm -hmm, the infamous night where we set it all up. They come and say that they're not going to play. They're wanting to reschedule for another day. And so, you They know, turn around 
And I think we did reschedule with him, and like they just never. They never up. showed up. They never yeah, showed I up. We, I think they still have store credit to this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy being like having to literally put everything in our lobby and just take it down. We have like five or six steps, so it was like man, a we should have taken some photos though because we made our lobby. It was packed full of stuff from yeah, the outdoor. Yeah, our lobby wasn't even a lobby anymore. It was basically just it was a storage, storage room. for the outdoor escape because we literally didn't want to have to take it any further than the lobby yeah, because of and, how and much stuff. past the first steps. Um, and, you know, like, I think it's kind of interesting because we... I had to get more involved with local government than I ever want to be with, with our escape room because when we first did the escape crates, when we only had Left for Dead, we ran it for a few weeks and we got hit from the city of Fresno to cease all operations. You are non-essential. Close down immediately. And that was, I mean, absolutely heartbreaking. Right? Yeah, especially since we found that thing. That we had said found if you a solution. We had goods found and a way. Services to homes, yeah. you're considered essential. I had to talk to the attorneys yeah. for City of Fresno uh, to be like, why isn't this essential? We're delivering the services to residents yeah. directly. And I will say, we were very like health conscious. Um, and we, I mean, we're still health conscious about the the um, pandemic. So, like, when we deliver it to people, we had gloves on. We'd wear our masks. We would um, sanitize every sanitize. square inch. We literally inch of released it. a video of us sanitizing the crate, like from yeah. start to finish, just because we wanted to show our customers this is like the attention to detail that we have in making sure that like you don't get COVID. You know, yeah. from our box, it was something that was very very important to us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we. We got hit with a notice to, yeah. to immediately stop. And then I remember that was another period of two weeks where... We were just sad. We are just not doing anything. Yeah. And then Fresno did a 180 and said, we're all open. All businesses are essential. And then we were open for a month. And we were open for a month. And then, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not every business is essential. Some are more essential than others. So certain places were open. Uh, you could go to a bar. You could get a drink. But you couldn't go with your wife and kids to go to an escape room. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. What really so, frustrated me is that restaurants were able to deliver food and stuff. Um, you could take alcohol to go. Yeah, you could take alcohol. And that really bugged me because, you know, it was we've we've made a solution that worked with the definition yeah. that they had, but it, it still wasn't good enough. And, and like, alcohol is obviously entertainment, you know? Like, that's a, you don't like in my need opinion, it. that's an yeah. entertainment thing. So it was frustrating that they were able to do that. I guess for we some, were. it's more of a medicine, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, maybe. Right? Hopefully um, not. Well, it just, it was just, it was frustrating. The whole process was frustrating. That's why we eventually made the virtual escapes because hey literally nobody's coming in here other than one employee yeah and then that's why we did the outdoor escape room is that it said from the get-go any almost any entertainment uh you know family entertainment center which i don't think that we were rightfully labeled as but any family entertainment center can be open outdoors mm -hmm. with limited operations so that's why we did the outdoor escape rooms because literally it's it's outside yeah. you know it's an escape room uh, that, that's not in a room, it's yeah. in a tent, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of interesting, um, seeing how that process came about. And but that, um, that room was up for a month, but that was we up had for a month. to close it down because it simply just got way too cold. It got so cold. And there, yeah. it started to, you know, rain a few times. Luckily it never like poured, but there were a few times where we were really worried we'd have to cut a session early because it was raining. Yeah. But anyway, after the outdoor escape, we have done 
the cutest game <laughs> that we I have, have ever, ever done. And Cal like Calvin always jokes that I make things too cute. So I usually have to dial myself back. But this was a Christmas game. So he said, let your cuteness out. Just go crazy with it. Be as cute as you want to be. And yes, I did. I was very cute with the Christmas crate. Guys, the escape clause is the cutest box I've ever seen. We have two of them. And they are buttoned up. They have giant bows on them. They yeah, have. They look you know, like a present. They have little Christmas yeah. lights. And to top it all off, Calvin and I dressed up as Santa and Mrs. Claus whenever we deliver it. Like, uh, no. Oh, yeah. We only yeah. did that if you, if you donated $5 towards Valley Children's. Yeah, if you donated yeah. $5 towards Valley Children's, we, we would show up in uh, the, the know, Mrs. And Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that was so much fun. I feel like that in a time where I wasn't really in the Christmas spirit, it kind of brought it to me a little kind bit. Kind of forced yeah. us to be a little happy when we <laughs> dropped off those boxes, right? Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, but yeah, that was those were all of our COVID pivots, though. I think that's it. Yeah, I can't think what of another year. one. We went from opening up like three rooms... In about one year's time to opening up how many games in like, like five less than or a year? Six. And, and I I'm, doesn't include the remaster of, of uh, the Murder Crate either. Yeah, and it also doesn't include um, our T-shirt sales. Yeah, the T-shirts. <laughs> Which was another thing that came out of the pandemic because we never had merch before, and the pandemic we're like, all right, let's use this time to get some uh, merch. Under let's get our some belt. swag. I think what happened is that I ran out of clean shirts, and I was like, okay. <laughs> How do we get clean shirts for Calvin immediately? So we're oh like, let's do t-shirt pre-orders and sales. Yeah, and the t-shirts were really cool because they basically paid for themselves. So yeah. it, it was And awesome. they're so comfy. We, yeah. like, I'm not, I've realized that this might come off as us trying to sell the t-shirts, but uh, we're not. <laughs> uh, we, we, we don't care. It's, it's just whatever. But, like, I just, I, you know, I really, like, appreciated that we spent a little more money on getting really comfy ones yeah because of, like, like i can the wear them every day and yeah. like i'm just in heaven yeah the whole time yeah they're nice they're very soft um all right yeah. well i think we went uh over time we had a lot of talk about yeah uh about covid but anyway that was the pandemic for us obviously we reopened and we're doing much better and we're very happy about yep. it and and life is just Moving along. <laughs> yeah. Glad it happened. Would never want it to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Right? All right. Well, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever the word is. I'm sure there's a button that you can click and it would make us very happy. And if there is a business out there that wants to uh, do us to like interview them or talk about their escape or maybe their life during the pandemic, go ahead and give us an email. At nextescapeshow at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See you, Kim. See you, Calvin.